Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Brandy. Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. We are so honored to have our pastors, Scott and Annie, on the episode today. Today we speak about blooming and God's timeliness throughout the seasons of our life. We can't wait for you to hear what they shared with us. We want to take a second to thank our new sponsor, Cheryl. We are so thankful for your investment into Flourish. Now let's get into the episode. Well, thank you guys for joining our podcast. I feel like um, we talk about you every single episode, so you're no stranger <laughs> to anyone that's listened. Um, but I, we just wanted to start the episode. I'm going to cry. Like, I already feel it coming. So I'm oh just boy. warning you. <laughs> um, so Anna and I were talking last night just about, like, long story short, um, we would not even have flourish if it wasn't for you guys. Like. <laughs> The relationship that Anna has built with you guys before we ever moved here, all the way to obviously uh, asking us to be a part of your team mm-hmm. at the church, and then to now being um, you setting Annie setting up our friendship. Like, yeah. there's just so many things that we just would not even have the friendship that we have, and the um, podcast wouldn't even exist. So, we were getting like a little emotional talking about <laughs> it last night, and I feel emotional again. So, we just want to like honor you guys and like take a moment to say and like. I hope that whoever is listening really can understand the weight of the honor that we feel for you and the like respect. See, this is why I cry. (laughs) The respect (laughs) that we have for you because um, you guys lead us and you lead us Mm -hmm. so well and you're a good friend and a good leader and a good pastor. And like you, you hold so many titles in just our lives alone. Mm -hmm. That's not even speaking to the whole church or anyone else like Mm -hmm. it's only speaking to like even our experience and I know you're so much more than that to so many other people and so um we honor you guys and we love you guys like probably more than you'll ever know um so we love you guys too it's so fun to see um your friendship like both of you together seeing your friendship and flourish happening um, because I've been such a fan of both of you from the (laughs) beginning and now it's cool to listen to you. Um, I remember walking with Anna and this was before like it was like anyone knew that you and Frank were coming, you know, just taking a little stroll. And I was like, Anna, I have a friend for you. Well, and like even for you, Scott, like you, um, when I, we first got here, like it was probably like the first Sunday we got here, Annie dropped I don't know, like a t-shirt off to me or something. Oh, it was that little like, remember that little fleece thing? Oh, you needed thing? a winter jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get in her car and I say like, Annie, what do, what can we do for you? What do you guys need? And um, you started crying. I don't know. Do you remember this? And you said, yeah. I just feel like my husband needs a friend. Yeah. And I like look back on that and I feel like th- even the friendship that I've seen you have with my husband, mm-hmm. like... My husband also is um, similar to you in the ways that he's an introvert. <laughs> and so he doesn't naturally like I've just seen you guys like build this friendship even that I respect so much because my I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Frank and I love him, but like we are too. He needed yeah. a friend too. <laughs> and um, we moved here, like really not having community. And so for that to be for me to have such a passion for community and that be one one of the first things you said, like I just feel so glad that he got to have that he gets to have that with you, you know, and we're so thankful for that. So mm-hmm. oh, it's, uh, I love having him on the team. I love having you you on the team too. So I don't want to make it sound like I barely just Frank. show up. It's okay. You're there. You're oh there. my You're gosh. Whatever. <laughs> but I, I, just, I just love that I can depend on him 
for anything. I'd be like, Frank, I need you to do this. And he's like, okay, well, how fast, yeah. how soon, how high? Like, yeah, he's in. Yeah, yeah, he's very much like that. He's a great guy. So as Brandy said, you guys show up for so many people so well. So we really wanted to hear from you. How do you still prioritize like your family unit and your marriage when you are showing up for so many people in so many ways? I think a big part of it is just that intentionality of when we're not with the church and we're not with people of really having to try and shut out all that world. Like mm-hmm. I remember just the beginning of our marriage, even right before we got married, it was so easy for me to be a, like a workaholic and let me bring things home and let me just keep working on this. But that realization of knowing the people that are in our lives that we can depend on them, that I can hand something off and mm-hmm. I can walk away from it and making myself just trust people. Uh, but just knowing that we value the time together as the the, the four of us in our house mm-hmm. And that that has to trump everything else because at the end of the day, like people people come and go out of your lives. Right. But my family is my family. Right, and right. like if not them, then who? Like mm-hmm. so Yeah. And we like we really want our kids to love people mm-hmm. and not resent as they get older at the church because mom and dad were always with the people at the church or mom and dad always had to do this. But um, we've really tried to like integrate our kids into ministry, into valuing people and having people over our house and um you know, them understanding and making it fun Mm -hmm. when we do like have meetings or Mm -hmm. different types of things. Um, You told me something one time mm -hmm. that has like stuck with me for raising a a pastor's kid. And Mm -hmm. you were like, I don't remember what Lydia and Quinn were doing, but they were like, got a snack out of the closet or something. And Mm -hmm. you were like, they get special privileges because they're here more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I like, I've thought about that with Jeremiah. Like if you keep it fun and you keep it like them feeling like you belong here, this is a Mm -hmm. place where you get to like also be yourself. I think it helps aid that. Like they won't resent all of the events that go on and all of the things because truthfully no mm-hmm. other kid acts like they own the church more than lydia quinn jeremiah like <laughs> i'm like they just are running around the halls and it's like you want them to feel that way because yeah. they're there more than anyone else well they're know? a part of it you know yeah. it's mm-hmm. like our our family does ministry yep. you know it's not like scott and i and lydia and quinn are in the background like we do it together so i really don't want them to feel entitled um but I want them excited about the privilege, you know, mm-hmm. of to serve. And so there will be times that, okay, yeah, you do get extra candy when you're in Frank's office or whatever during the week um, because you do have to be in here with us during the <laughs> week. And that's not super fun, but let's make it fun. Yeah. Um, but like, I would even say something too that like Annie's been fantastic at is like that monthly board meeting that I have oh, where yeah. – Especially in the beginning, there's so much stuff to learn. Like I need to learn about the church and about mm-hmm. the board, and they need to learn about me. That some of these meetings would go on for lengthy periods of time, and Annie just found a way of making it fun. Where, like, she'll take them to the uh, to Target or whatever store, right. and they get a snack, they get a drink, and it's a movie night, and it becomes a whole thing for them. They look forward to me going to like some of these meetings. Because it means they get special time with Annie. But you know what's so funny to me about that is that um, I do feel like Annie, like, 
I mean, she hangs out with me a lot. So I'm like, I do feel like we are gone a lot together, whether it's like a women's event or whatever. Um, and like the girls, like on, even though you might, because she's gone more often, you might not be able to do a whole big thing every time, but like you're consistently putting them to bed, like you're consistently being. Yeah. And I think that they, I talked to Annie about that because Jeremiah does the same thing with Frank where he's always being like, he's always with Frank at bedtime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Annie was like, they've grown to cherish that time yeah. with you. And I think mm-hmm. that that is like um, more than feeling the parent guilt right. because that's something that I really struggle with. I'm like, no, this is like a special time with Frank and Jeremiah or with the girls and you, you know, like they've grown to love that time with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's like carving out, like learning who they are and especially like Jeremiah, like with even at his age or or Louis for that matter, it's just like at their age, it's, you're still learning what their personality is. Mm -hmm. It's now getting to know like, this is who Lydia is and who Quinn is Mm -hmm. and what is a fun experience just for the two of them. Like you could take Quinn to the zoo and just show her the penguins and her day is made. Yeah. And that means something to her. Right. And it's it just really kind of learning what their love languages are. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. when, Lydia, when, when you get some Nintendo on and some snacks on her. <laughs> For yeah, real. She's good. As long as you got a snack, <laughs> she's good. And it's like you you carve out intentional times and that when you're with them, you're really with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that allows them to flourish yeah. and mm-hmm. to yeah. really f- yeah. find who they are. Yeah. You know, I read something recently that um, said to a child, love e- or time equals love. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's really true. Like, I can work my butt off, I can provide financially for Jeremiah as much as I want to, but time is love to him. Like, that mm-hmm. is what he is, you know. And I think about that with our spiritual lives where I'm like, really time equals love like if we can't know the character of god unless we're spending time with him you know and understanding that as our father like we are the children so and i mean to even go with that one of the things that like, we're used to saying like time is money mm-hmm. and that a lot of times with outreach within the church or or people in the community we think well we're going to give something to somebody who's in need uh but at the same time somebody who's not in need financially sometimes they're in need of time and so that's one of the greatest things you can even do for someone is they don't need money they don't need stuff from you they need you to be able to help them find that time and carve out that time with their family as well and being intentional about those things yeah Mm -hmm. for sure that's so true um you talked about how like we do it like spending time with our family Mm -hmm. and such and um this past year we've um taken on foster care you know and so even, gosh, it was a couple weeks ago, we got a call for a couple foster kids, not just one, but two. And um, without talking to him first, I mean, <laughs> so typical. It, it really is. I'm like, whatever. I know his heart. He'll be fine. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was a fly in the wall just to oh see his reaction to your uh, spontaneity. And it's like most of the time I do like run it past him. But there's just some of those times where I'm like, I know he trusts me. Yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> I hope he does this time too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was even when I got home that day. It was just okay. So don't divorce me yet. Let me tell you what it's happened. Like, don't drop the papers. Yeah. It's been a fun twelve years, but hear me out. Um, <laughs> but he was like, "How do you think that we're gonna do this? Like, we both work full time jobs. We're in ministry. We're doing this and this and this." And I was like, "We have our community." Yeah. yeah. And really, like, I really feel like that's what I've learned to rely on is our community. I'm like, yes, we will take in two foster kids because 
my community will jump in and help me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. And it's been so cool because um, for those of you that don't know, they've already had two foster kids, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been so cool because we have. I have seen the power of that come in, mm, yeah, you know? Yeah. And ironically enough, as if this might've been God's plan, <laughs> I feel like both times that you guys got foster replacements, um, one of you was traveling or one of you had it's to like, true. I'm yeah. like, and it was really like, we're, you've said this before. I am not, we are not a one parent household. Nope. So we need community to come in. Yeah. And I remember when you guys had um the little girl, Scott texted me and he was like, she's not going to bed. Can you just come like read her a story while I get the other girls to bed? And it was like, that's such an easy yes, but so powerful to like to have that person together. Yeah. Yes. And to have that relationship yes. and foundation where he does yeah. feel comfortable reaching out, knowing that you'll be there. Right. Right. And, and I think that's yeah. like one of the things, even as a church, as we like venture into that, that realization. And we felt it firsthand by walking through it uh, because in, in, in her case, she liked me during the day, but at nighttime, like she wanted a female sure. presence. Like she wasn't yeah. used to like a man in that setting. And I felt like I don't even know what I'm doing. And it's like without someone's help. Right. I, I can't do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's been so cool to like even yeah. be on that journey with you guys because, um, I, I agree. There's so much power in community. Yeah. Obviously, you guys and know. And even with our kids at home, like for him to uh, him and I to go on a date night or go out or to be able yeah. to do some of those things, like we're running youth ministry mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And Brandy every Thursday night takes my kids mm-hmm. and they have a ball. Like Me they too. have so much fun. They're not like, like, who wants to oh, mom and dad are gone again. <laughs> They're like, Mario with Brandy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so they love our people they love the people of the church my kids love our friends and um our friends kids and it's just really cool to like feel that and see that of like our kids are not mad at us for Mm -hmm. doing these things for being involved they love that and um as a family we really love something that's important for scott and i in our marriage is for vacations yeah um and lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Amen. we've made that a priority in our marriage from year one of every year we go away together, whether mm-hmm. it's one night, two like nights, the two of you, the or with the us. kids. No, just the two of two us. Of you. Okay. Um, we'll take them occasionally. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we do like family things for right. sure, but like for our marriage, like him and I both love to travel. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's something that brings us a lot of joy, mm-hmm. and then just that closeness of a marriage to like be able to go away just together without the kids without um distraction just to be able to reconnect so i feel like that's been something that i really cherish um in our marriage and our time together yeah to continue to do that one of the big things we want to talk about today is like blooming and i kind of want to talk about your job it's been really cool to watch you bloom in your career because it's fairly new, like this yeah. new journey of your career. And I think that I have seen God show up in ways where literally down to like the moment you're like, I don't really know what the plan is and you're trusting God and then I've seen him come through. And so I kind of want to hear of like your experience with that and where you started at the school versus where you are now and all of that. Yeah, so – I was praying when Quinn was going into kindergarten and Lydia was going into first grade. I was like, all right, my kids are going to be in full-time school right now. And 
um, to afford to send them to a private school? Where am I going to work? So I really prayed all summer long that God, wherever you want me, I pray that you would just make it so evident. I want to be where you want me to be. Um, And so that was my prayer all summer long is God, just put me where you want me. Um, And there were some things that like were appealing to me, but I just kept sticking with that prayer of and throwing kind of like that fleece out to say of you will just place the job on me. Mm. Like whatever it is Mm. that they would ask me that I would not even like apply for a job, um, which is kind of like a bold prayer and not something I really like to pray because I totally yeah, but believe. Yeah, if anyone goes to the throne room. That's right. God <laughs> says, go boldly. God says, go boldly. It's Annie. <laughs> um, but I'm always someone that's like, okay, but you got to work for it too. You know what I mean? Like God's going to bless you, but you have to like start walking. So that was my prayer all summer long. And then the school that my girls go to contacted me and we talked I talked to them about doing like a sub position and I was like sure I'll sub every once in a great while like you know once a month or something like that until I figure it out until God places me where he wants me and then like the first day of school I was subbing and then the next 3 weeks they were like can you sub for this position the next 3 weeks and I was like oh sure I can do that can you tell them what that position was yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a big piece of the puzzle here. It was at, as a middle school gym teacher. Bless you. <laughs> I was like 100% dodgeball all day long. Can I get my, what did I, t- I think Anna, you I had the you. most steps out of everyone I did. on the yes, Apple, on the Apple Watch. Watch. Yeah. And ripped your pants multiple oh, times. Multiple times because <laughs> I thought I was like 15 again. I just, I just needed to hang with them. And so I was like, I'm going to get some tube socks and a visor and a whistle. <laughs> Anna would be the one that would like yeah. get you all set yeah. up with that. She's so Anna trendy. hyped me up about it. <laughs> um, so then, as that was coming to a close, they had a um, English middle school position that became open, and they asked me, "They're like, we just saw like the relationship that you've built with the middle mm. schoolers, and would you consider just for a little bit?" And I was like, "Okay, just for a little bit." And then it became. Um, a long-term supposition where I was there the rest of the year. And I really came just to love the community there mm-hmm. and to love the kids. And I'm like, wow, I get to like speak life into like 13 and 14 year olds and spend my day with them, which we came from a, a youth ministry background. So that was really, really cool to just to have God put that back in my life, Mm -hmm, something that just brought my heart so much joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the summer, I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do next year, but I really love being there. And um, they created a full-time job for me teaching Bible. But it was like summer was almost over. Yes. And I'm still like, like, do you know what you're doing? (laughs) They're like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm going to be working there, but I don't know. What did your prayer sound like two weeks before you found out? So really my prayer was that, and I don't really even like love this prayer again, but I was just like, God, I pray that you would just challenge me in a new way. Like bring something new as a challenge to me, but also that where you want me. And I feel like these last couple of years, that's really been my prayer of like, God, I'm just so tired of 
just feeling like I don't know where I'm fitting in at. Mm-hmm. You know, in the church, he really felt like, okay, lead pastoring is that's where God's calling us. And I'm like, is he? I don't know that I hear that. <laughs> don't know that I'm hearing the same thing you are. I feel really good in youth ministry. And um, it was evident that God was calling him. As someone of a product all of, us, of your leadership, I would say yes. Um, to lead ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not comfortable for me. You sure. know, that's not – I. That's so funny to hear you say that because you don't give off that vibe at all. Like you're so natural. Yeah. So natural. Really? Like people are completely drawn to you. Yes, absolutely. She has a really good poker face. Apparently. <laughs> my goodness. Well, I think that the thing that draws people to you is that you don't pretend to be a natural at it. You don't pretend yeah. to have it all together. And if there's any uh, compliment that I've heard consistently given to you, it's authenticity, vulnerability, mm-hmm. like yeah. these things that like there's a rawness about you that like – um, it makes people feel comfortable. Yeah. And like, no one feels like they, I think sometimes in ministry, maybe mistakenly so, but sometimes people think that everyone in ministry has to have it together all the time. If you're like active acting in ministry, you're like, mm. I don't want anyone to know that I make mistakes or whatever. I don't know where that comes from, but I think it happens sometimes it and you never have been that way. You know what I mean? So thank you. Yeah. I don't have it together. And um, I think I feel so much more comfortable around middle schoolers because I'm just as awkward as they are. I love that. Because I'm around middle schoolers and I'm terrified. So I'm like, that's amazing. I was in a room of middle schoolers yesterday it was. And I literally was like, just don't make eye contact. If I don't look at them, they won't look at me. And we'll just be in our own little circle. I'm like, everyone just do your own thing here. Yes, I told Annie this. Um, When you guys took over youth, I like knew that, you know, this was going to be another thing on your plate right Mm -hmm. so i'm driving home from work and i'm like lord like how can i support them this was before i thought of the most practical way to just watch your kids but anyways (laughs) i'm like how can i like serve them and i was like do you want me to take youth and god's like no (laughs) it was so clear because i'm terrible with youth and middle schoolers so i respect that i don't want to do it but i respect it so (laughs) and so i'm teaching bible and i get to be the chat chaplain for the middle schoolers and high schoolers, which is just amazing. And so um, I think one of my favorite parts about my job is being able to really like walk them through their relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like I get paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, just to teach them about the Bible and to teach them like conflict resolution of how do you act – with your parents and like with your friends and what is what are some godly steps to do that in and so i don't know it's just been really cool i feel like i found like my footing there and awesome. um even she's yeah. ro- roped me into mentoring <laughs> like eight ninth grade boys mm-hmm. um every thursday morning at first when she first said it i thought it was like, oh one thursday i can do that and then like oh this is every she's thursday like, build a relationship and build, yeah, build a relationship <laughs> but it's it's fun walking in because I can just see something like that existed like when we were doing youth ministry mm-hmm. where it just it just clicks for, for her in that setting. She's so good at it. Mm-hmm. And just watching all these middle school and high school kids just come up to her. It's like she's in this like sweet spot. Yeah. So one thing that we've been learning about blooming and some research that we've been doing is 
a flower has to bloom at the exact right time because if it blooms too early, um, the the other flowers that it's going to pollinate are not ready. And if it blooms too late, they've already been pollinated. And so we kind of have been feeling like there's something happening in our church right now where we've seen this like blooming season happening and we've watched you. I We came in 2020, Frank and I came in 2020. So we came really after the height of the pandemic mm-hmm. happened, but also during the pandemic. And I have personally witnessed, and I think Anna would attest to, um, we've witnessed you guys time things in such a way that um, I think that when we speak of pollination, we're speaking of like the gospel and of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you would have timed it too soon, the people wouldn't have been ready. And if you would have timed it too late, um, they would have maybe gotten truth from other places or gotten that fulfillment, I guess, from elsewhere. And so we've watched you guys um, do things in such a way where I've just been really impressed by the timing and leadership that you guys have held through all of that. So if you don't mind kind of sharing um, what that's looked like as a, as a part of our church, you know, uh, typically a flower blooms after a winter hibernation, hibernation season. And I would say COVID is probably similar to a winter or hi- hibernation season. And so um, can you kind of talk about yeah. that journey for you? So like looking at the six years now that we've been here, I, I would say that that definitely was a hibernation season because there's obviously a lot of ministry that just kind of stopped. There's a lot of th- things that were were good that stopped. There's a lot of bad things that were stopped that we're thankful for that we can just blame on COVID. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, people lose sight of. Sometimes you, you blame COVID for all the things you lost that you love. Like I was kind of thankful for COVID for some of the things that it just killed for me. <laughs> um but really, to to track the whole story properly, we have to go back to 2017 when we first got to the church. We uh, got there in September, so we really had probably about two and a half years from when we arrived until uh, COVID really hit. And really, that first two and a half years felt like really good. It's we went from uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with our sanctuary that we were. Back in the 80s, the church was about 1,200 people. When Annie and I arrived, the church was probably about 100 to 120. And so it definitely had had seen better days in, in those moments. And it was kind of really walking through of like, how do we get this thing to grow? And so things were, were moving in the right direction. There was excitement that uh, we were going after what we told everyone in the beginning, 2% change, mm-hmm. that we wanted to see things grow. But that realization that if you go for 20% growth all the time, you you really hurt everybody in the process of it. But that there'd be times where it, it would feel like 20% growth because I was going after something that mattered to you. And there'd be times where I felt like 0% growth because you weren't paying any attention to what I was doing. Um, and so it was that whole kind of journey preparing us that got us to COVID that I really do believe if we had shown up uh, six months later, I don't know if we would have had enough of an on-ramp to fix the things that needed to be fixed to survive a pandemic. And so many churches, so many businesses, they either didn't have that time, they weren't prepared to. So I'm grateful that God allowed us that opportunity. And so really, I feel like when we arrived, it was a hibernation like period. And then we had this time of blooming and we, we experienced growth and we got to a spot of averaging about 200 to 225, really at a spot where we were about to take off and kind of break what... Um, 
church growth experts say is kind of a 200 to 250 person wall where things grow and take off. And one of the reasons that exists is because people, when it's the church is less than 200, they feel very comfortable. They can know everybody. They can be involved in what they want to be involved with. They can be involved in multiple things. But once you start hitting 300, 400, 500 people, you move to two services, you don't know everybody. And so one of the things I think happens with growth and blooming within a church is people want it to grow to the level that they want it to. Uh, similar to a, a plant, when you put it in a pot, sometimes the only way to make it grow bigger is by moving it to a different pot Yeah, because it reaches its, its ability to mm-hmm. grow. And that makes people uncomfortable. And to me, I think it's one of those things we just got to realize that in order to go where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to do, we have to be ready and willing to, to move. Mm-hmm. And so that first two and a half years felt great. Then you hit COVID and just some things survived, some things didn't survive. Uh, living in a two to three month period where you're not seeing anybody, you're not interacting with anyone. As an introvert, there is moments where that was fantastic. Like I can run a digital church and I can call and text people, but I can just shut things down and walk away from it. Uh, but that's not the true community that right. Christ calls us to. And so just kind of navigating all that, I feel like we're coming out of that season of uh, hibernation that it kind of felt extended. We're getting people comfortable. I mean, especially in our area, you have, it wasn't just COVID. It was all the political unrest and all these different right. things of helping navigate. And it, it, just to speak to the timing of things, I, I feel like there were moments where people wanted me to move faster than I actually uh, wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, but I just felt like this isn't the right timing. And mm-hmm. if I move too fast, I'm going to hurt people. Yeah. But if I move too slow, I'm also going to hurt people. And I mean, I know Annie could probably speak to it. Like those were probably some of the greatest tensions within me during that time period. It yeah. wasn't a, should we wear a mask or should we not wear a mask? Right. It was a fact of, if I make this wrong decision, I'm going to hurt people uh, spiritually and they're going to walk away from their faith. Like I feel like that weight was yeah. definitely something that was very uh, present. And that's one of the things I probably would say that I struggled with the most during that time period. Uh, because I mean, like every every church, we had some people that left because they weren't happy with decisions I made. And at the same time, we had people that came because they weren't happy with decisions their pastor was sure. making. Yeah, and then right. they came and uh, just kind of learning to hold people very open-handed of like, hey, you're you're welcome here, but if you leave, we want to bless you on the way out. Mm-hmm. But if you come back, you're welcome back here too. But right. know that if you come back, we may not be the same church that we were when you left. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think like something I can appreciate um, about him as a leader though is that he takes the time, like who takes time making a decision. He's mm-hmm. not very reactive. Which I am more. Same. I always say, like, God did not put me in that position for a reason. Right. And so I think that makes a lot of people, and sometimes including myself, crazy. Because I'm like, just get rid of it or just do it or um, let's do this faster. And he's much more, like, thought out. And that drives a lot of people crazy. But I've really seen like where God's given him wisdom right? in that. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I think it's a really good attribute because that's not like a human 
type of reaction. You know, mm-hmm. we want things done quick, but yeah. he really takes the weight of leading a church and seeks wisdom from God. Mm-hmm. Well, that. and to piggyback off of that, I think I've seen you work the slowest when it comes to people. Yeah. And um, I tend to have, I work at a pretty uh, corporate type job, right? And so it's like, if you're not on board or doing what, like, like there's no waiting for anybody, you know, mm-hmm. like you just keep moving. And I've seen you really take the time to care about like people. And I respect that, even though, like Annie said, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, it's so slow, but I know that it comes from a place of like love for people. And I can respect yeah. that a lot, you know. It's something that we've always kind of joked about is that ministry would be really easy if people weren't in it. <laughs> right. Uh, because then you could just make decisions. Like yeah. there's a part of me that loves that corporate element of just this isn't working. Let's let's cut the fat. Right. Let's get rid of it. But when you do that in a church setting, it's spiritual lives hanging the balance. Mm-hmm. Right. And even just that ability, like is, we talked about in the beginning, and you made the, like those comments that um, if it wasn't for us coming, this podcast maybe not happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it too. Is it's not just even the spiritual life of the individual that is in leadership that. Yeah. Uh, you want to have that conversation with, we'll do it this way or do it that way, or the person in the church that needs discipling, but they're still doing and making all the wrong choices. But that person might lead this next person to, uh, to Christ who might very well be the catalyst for incredible growth. Yeah. And if you cut it off too fast, when it's not the right time, you don't get to experience that. And as a church, we suffer. Um, and th- there's moments where I'm like, I just want to be done with this, but God, you haven't given me permission to make that step yeah right. Right. yeah yeah no that's good so how would you say the church is blooming now like when you look at the church now compared to where we were in 2017 like what is really exciting to you or what do you see as healthy um you know early on we would talk about how really what are our goals what do we feel like god's put on our heart for the shores church and really biblical literacy has been one of them and also just spiritually healthy people has been another one of them um you know numbers doesn't matter but like the people that god has entrusted us with are they biblically literate and spiritually healthy people and i really feel like um that has really ignited mm-hmm. in our church of biblical literacy mm-hmm. and um, spiritual health. And I will say, like, I think our anchor groups have been a huge part of that yeah. with doing the Bible engagement plan and the discipleship aspect of that. You know, having that community and discipleship within anchor groups has been huge. It's just been huge for our church. Um, and I also think that with that, we've risen up people, I shouldn't say we, people have risen up just as leaders in our church and taken ownership of discipling yeah. other people. And to even go with with that answer, that it's something on a, on a Sunday morning, if you're, you ever pop in at the shores and, and you listen to a, a message, a little plug there. Please do. But, um, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> that is something you'll you'll see. You'll get a free cup. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like something you'll hear me say on a regular basis is like context of scripture is key. That one yeah, of the biggest ways to understand sure. scripture properly is by diving into what what's going on here. Why is it going? That I intentionally read 
much larger passages of scripture than probably the average pastor does, because I don't want to just say like Jeremiah 29, 11, God knows the plans he has for you. That's a true statement. But the what came before that is something that uh, saying, hey, you're going to be in captivity. So buckle up, get ready, buy a house, get married, Just remember have kids. he has a plan for you. But he has yeah. a plan for you. Like he hasn't forgotten about you, yeah. even though you're going to go into captivity. And so if we're going to declare the promises of God or yes and amen, then we need to make sure that we understand what the promises that we're right. declaring are. And so I think that's something that, like as Andy's saying, is people are starting to understand that of, okay, let me not just read the verse of the day, but let me understand the context that mm-hmm. verse fits in and taking it to a deeper level. Um, and, and as well, like it's it's something that I do like to say it's for the people in the church, but also for my, myself, that if our church never gets bigger than it does, then like I'm going to be okay with that as long as we have strong, healthy, mature Christians that are reaching out and impacting the, the world for Jesus. But like I do feel like God's given me a vision that would get the church back to where it was, of, of taking full use of that building that we have, that resource right. that we do. Like we have it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like I see a day where the church can get back to 500 people to a thousand people. I mean, impacting, like having a thousand people attending our church would be 1% of the people that live in a five square mile radius of our building. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a, a drop in the, like throwing like a little pebble in and just like the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, but it's like 1%. Like we're capable of it, uh, and so I think for sometimes I can look at things and I can get so focused in on like this particular bloom that it's this is something I've noticed with like landscaping when I'm cutting the, the grass or I'm trimming a bush. It looks really bad up close sometimes because you can see all the imperfections. But then when you step back, you realize here's actually what it really looks like and it actually does look good. Yeah. But if you get ho- hyper focused on something, it's easy for me to sometimes not see the the health or the good or the the bloom. And like Anna, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, that like there is moments where I would love to have less information in my brain about what people are going through mm-hmm. and the struggles they're going through because it would let me uh, cheer and, and triumph the, the the things that are happening a mm-hmm. little bit more. But that's part of the role is knowing what's going on with the sheep. Like, right. If the shepherd doesn't know what's going on with the sheep, then then there's a struggle going on. Uh, but being able to take a step back and realize, here's what has happened, here's the direction it's going, and knowing that ultimately it's all in God's timing, mm-hmm. that um, some of the, the biggest trees that grow, they don't get there overnight. It takes years upon years upon years. And it's easy for me to look at what other people have and say, well, why, why hasn't God done that yet? Instead of just saying, I'm grateful that God's allowed us to survive mm-hmm. as long as we have and uh, be able to do everything that we have been able to do. I think um, a big thing that's exciting too that's going on in our church is I see the bloom, but I always also see like the faithfulness for years and years and years and years of the people yeah. of our church. You know, we've only been here six years, um, but there have been people that have been at the shores for so many, so many, so many, so many years and that have remained faithful. And I feel like I have said this over and over again this past year, but like faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. And 
so like the prayers of those mm-hmm. of those people the the hard work mm-hmm. the dedication um the serving like i think that you know all things are good in god's timing mm-hmm. and just the faithfulness that has been poured out of those people and the faithfulness of the prayers and um yeah i mean i God. definitely frank grew up in the church but i did not so like i really have not been a part of the church for a long way since 2020 um i've seen legacy in our church yeah, like, yeah. i have seen yeah. people's legacy live on after they're gone but even just like living people's legacy like there i agree with you fully like our church is a place mm-hmm. if there's one thing that our congregation does so well yeah it is faithfulness yes. like they really do that well yeah and we have all i think all four of us sitting here have benefited from someone's Greatly. legacy or faithfulness mm-hmm. of our church mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and going with that i, th- I think that's something that is important and it matters is like you, you got to honor the legacy yeah because the legacy is what got us to where we are but at the same time that gets so hyper focused on the legacy that we can't grow anymore either well you can't drive forward looking in your rear view mirror. yeah mm-hmm. and it, i mean it's idea that like yesterday's fruit yesterday's growth yeah. was amazing but if i'm trying to eat last year's fruit right that that fruit's not gonna thrive it's not gonna be great as we move forward in the future. Mm-hmm. And there's still people who need Jesus yeah. and need the current generation of our church to want more and to keep going because there's people that don't know Jesus and the people that don't know Jesus in many cases are farther away from Jesus than people in the past have been. Mm-hmm. And that willingness to say, we're going to, we're going to change. We're going to adapt. We're going to do what we need to do so that we can reach those people mm-hmm. that we have to grow. Right. Not just in numbers. We have to grow as people. We have to right. grow as disciples right. because there's people that need Jesus. So right. that means we change our events. We change our programming. We change what we do. Let's do it. As long as we're holding truth uh, in our hands and we're staying true to the word of God and we're doing what he calls us to do, I will change anything in the church mm-hmm. in the right timing so that people can meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely think there's a, a way to honor the legacy while I mean, if we are the same church five years even from now that we are today, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a really good point because, it, like, definitely there's power in faithfulness, and we couldn't do it without the faithfulness. And there's power in leaving a legacy. But uh, and what's exciting too is people coming to the Lord, like yeah. people coming to know who Jesus is. I mean, I think that's what sparks so much excitement and so much energy in the church is like new believers yeah Mm -hmm. you know like that ignites something and it should always ignite something in you know the rooted believer of like wow this person just knew who jesus was like let's rally around them like that's i think that's what's really exciting and and to date this year we've baptized to this date 20 people or 18 people with two being scheduled right now that's more than we've baptized in the last five years combined. Wow! And I that, mean, there was a season where every single Sunday, like somebody was yeah. being baptized. And, what, and what's yeah. cool with that is it was kids, it was teenagers, yeah. and it was adults. Yeah. yeah, it's easy to say, "Well, we're baptizing kids that are finally of age to, to kind of be baptized." But when you're baptizing adults, something's happening there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and as a spectator of that, like as being someone that wasn't really involved in the leadership side of that. 
I cry at every baptism. <laughs> I just do because it's such like a marking yeah. moment, you know, but I think it's, I think to me, that alone is an indicator of where the state of our church right now, mm-hmm. you know, when there are this many people that are saying, like, I, I can't hold it anymore. Like, I have to declare like that I am a follower of Jesus. I think that that is really speaking to what we're doing as a church, the mission that we have as a church and what we're doing. And that I think is, that was such a good thing to bring up because I think when we think of our church blooming, it's like, that's a huge deal. You know, like we're seeing people be saved. We're seeing people be baptized. That's living out the word of God. That's literally living out the gospel then. And that's the mission, you know, for anyone who doesn't go to the shores, we end every service like saying the great commission. And that is like God's great commission literally like (laughs) is to go out and baptize people and bring people to the Lord, you know? I mean, it's, it's impossible to attend our church and not understand what the great commission is. Literally. I can say it right now. (laughs) And and there's, there's so many churches though that you say great commission and they're like, well, what's that? Because it's not taught us and emphasize. I don't want anyone to be able to say that, oh, I didn't know what I was supposed to do for Jesus. No, you're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. Right. Yep. All right. So we'd like to end today, first off, saying thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time and everything that you've shared with us today. We love you both so much. So much. And we would love to hear from you what it looks like in your own lives right now to flourish. So, you know, when... I hear the word like flourish, you know, you, I like, I personally think of like opening, Mm -hmm. you know, like a flower, maybe that's opening. And so I think in our lives right now for flourishing, it looks like being open to what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always feel like super comfortable because that's a vulnerability and um, like a newness and an uncertainty sometimes but you know that it will be goodness and it will be his mercy in it. So for flourishing in our lives, like I think it's just living life with arms open to God saying, here we are, you know, what do you have for us? What do you want to speak to me today? What do you want to teach me? And where do you want us to go? Mm-hmm. What she said. No, <laughs> no I mean, just the, the, the add into there is that, I feel like this past year has been just a year of God throwing a lot of stuff new into our life mm-hmm. and then bringing back old things. Uh, even just watching Annie uh, in in the school setting, like I'm watching her like flourish in that sense of yeah. just almost something coming back to life yeah. that I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And that in in moments where we, we walk through the foster care journey, there's moments where I'm like, this is crazy. This is... Um, like, what are we even doing? What do we get ourselves into? And then you get to the end of that particular journey with each of those two children. And then all of a sudden, it's like a bit of your heart has went with them. Yeah. And so it's this feeling of like adding and subtracting and multiplying mm-hmm. and, and all these emotions so all at the same math. time. So much math. <laughs> Too much math. Too much math <laughs> and square roots. But, um, <laughs> but just realizing, okay, God, like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And, where even in the moments that would feel painful of that whole process, we know that like we've stamped part of who our family is on those situations. Right. And we're just going to say, okay, God, we trust you that we're going to send this out there and you're going to flourish us and you're going to do this because your word doesn't go out void. Right. Yeah. And so if we've, we've spoken what you've said, we've lived out what you want us to, 
it's not going on void. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were saying that, I like got this like picture of a math equation and it's like one plus one equals five. Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't always make sense in the way that we think it should. And I think yeah. I, I've witnessed that in your guys' life where it's like the math seems to not be mathing, but then it's like he's the great <laughs> yes. mathematician. Like he yeah. really can make an equation equal something that doesn't make sense to our minds. That's and um, I feel that has been the season that you've been through, but I feel like even that could be the season you're walking into mm-hmm. as well, where you'll see the equal number and you'll be like, this doesn't make any sense, but he'll do it. You know, yeah. that's who he is. So um, the last thing that we want to do to close the episode is just have you pray over um, the listeners here. You know, there are probably people who um, either are in a blooming season hurt who or who desperately want to be, you know, I think that when you're in some of the other seasons, we talked about like, um, the place of putting your roots deep or the place of pruning or like in these places, all you really want is to bloom. And so I'm sure that there are people listening who listen to you, you guys speak about this. And they're like, man, I just wish that I was blooming too. So um, could you just pray over Mm -hmm. our listeners to close this out? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now and I just pray for everyone that's hearing these words. Lord, that wherever they find themselves in this whole journey, whether they're just uh, getting rooted in the first place, they're being pruned, they're experiencing a uh, bloom, or they're looking back at when they used to bloom and wish they could be back there again. Lord, I pray right now for each of those individuals that you would just make yourself so real in the situation that they're in that they would look at of okay, my roots have got to go deeper so that my branches can grow larger so that I can bloom and not just bloom the way that I used to, but bloom on an even greater level. That they're in a dry season, Lord, I pray that you would just be their encouragement as rain is coming, that you're on the move, you're doing something, you're doing something new, and they just can't perceive it yet because they feel like they're in a, a dry moment. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, if, if things are being pruned and cut away, and they feel like, well, I'm never going to be able to grow, and I'm not going to be able to bloom, and I'm not going to be able to produce, Lord, I pray for them right now that you would make yourself so real that as branches are being trimmed away, they're being done so so that they can grow larger and, and stronger. Lord, you are so incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And Lord, in your perfect timing, you do what you're going to do. So I pray that everyone that hears this, that they would just hold on. They would stay right where they are. They would stay faithful, knowing that in your due timing, that you're going to do an amazing work in them, through them, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.